After Kaseya, Biden repeats ransomware warning to Russia. And acting head of CISA on disrupting the ransomware pandemic. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hi, I'm Anna Delaney. US President Joe Biden has issued a clear ultimatum to Russia. You need to crack down on criminals operating inside your borders who attack Western targets and especially critical infrastructure. But will Moscow meet Washington's demands? Can it? And if so, will that happen anytime soon? Or will we see millions more being paid in ransoms to ransomware-wielding attackers? Joining me to discuss is Matthew Schwartz, executive editor of Data Breach Today and Europe. Matt, what's the state of play? Well, the Biden administration has a little message for Moscow. Rein in the criminal hackers operating from inside your borders who hit Western targets or will do it for you. The White House says that's the imperative that it's been stressing in ongoing talks between high-level officials in both countries' national security teams following the mid-June summit in Geneva between U.S. President Joe Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin. Since then, those talks have been continuing ahead of another planned meeting next week. Here is White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki speaking to reporters on Tuesday. Since the meeting between President Biden and President Putin, we have undertaken expert-level talks that are continuing, and we expect to have another meeting next week focused on ransomware attacks. Uh, and I will just reiterate a message that these officials are sending, as the president made clear to President Putin when they met. If the Russian government cannot or will not take action against criminal actors residing in Russia, we will take action uh, or reserve the right uh, to take action uh, on our own. So this sounds like a clear threat from the Biden administration. Obviously, ransomware continues to be a massive problem. But is issuing an ultimatum like this a good idea? Well, certainly some geopolitical pressure could help. But our colleagues and I uh, have been speaking to a lot of experts who said that disrupting ransomware is going to take a lot more than diplomacy. For starters, there are desperately needed cybersecurity improvements not least in the critical infrastructure sectors that need to happen. Now, critical infrastructure is overwhelmingly run by private companies. So it's not like the U.S. government can swoop in and say, thou shalt secure thy system. Instead, what it needs to do is to help get them into a better mindset on cybersecurity, help them see and acknowledge the deficiencies they have, and then getting them to do something about it. Now, that's going to take time. Thankfully, we've seen some moves afoot to do that when the Biden administration came in, just really from day one. The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, also says this is a big part of its founding mandate to bring public-private partnerships to bear, not least in the critical sectors, and to help improve the state of U.S. cybersecurity, starting with the federal government, but being able to take those improvements that it's been demanding and see them through into the private sector. So that's all good news. Now, if Russia doesn't play ball, so to speak, and shows some progress with meeting US demands, how might the US escalate? Of course, that remains to be seen. One option on the table is to use US Cyber Command. So in 2018, Cyber Command, which is part of the US military, disrupted infrastructure used by the Russian troll factory called the Internet Research Agency. Many have been calling for Cyber Command to be given a new mission 
targeting criminality and specifically the attack infrastructure used by big ransomware operations, such as DarkSide, which disrupted the colonial pipeline in the US, and especially Revil, also known as Sodonokibi, which is a notorious ransomware as a service operation that's been operating since 2019, continuing to hit big targets and demand large ransoms. Last month, it hit meat processing giant JBS and got an $11 million ransom out of that company. And last week, at the start of the July 4th holiday weekend in the US, it struck Kaseya, a software vendor. They provide remote management software to managed service providers. Somehow, Revil was able to hit that software installed on-premises at about 60 different managed service providers, and then subsequently to encrypt the networks of up to 1,500 of those MSPs clients. So again, the damage done by yet another ransomware attack has been severe. So letting these U.S. military offensive agencies with their capabilities hit these operations is an option. But where are these operators and affiliates located? Many seem to speak Russia, but they're not all going to be based in Russia. And hacking back has always carried huge risks. Hit the wrong target, and you might trigger something much worse than hacking. Another question is if the U.S. could restrain itself to just criminal targets. I spoke with cybersecurity expert Alan Woodward at the University of Surrey, and he noted that this is a really tricky time that we're entering. The wrong decision now could quickly escalate. Notably, if the U.S. decided to hack political targets, it could find itself accused of doing exactly what Russia's been doing, namely meddling in the affairs of other countries, politically speaking. So if political targets were hit, things could quickly spiral out of control, becoming just a hop, skip, and a jump away to what Woodward says would be proper cyber warfare. And that wouldn't be purely digital, which could be damaging, of course, but that could quickly lead to kinetic attacks on related cyber targets. Obviously, that's a nightmare scenario. And it could be tricky to avoid. Russian intelligence agencies are not going to stop hitting U.S. targets, nor will U.S. spies stop hitting Russian targets. But this is a norm. Countries spy to help avoid going to war. So if the U.S. does target Russian criminals located inside Russia, it's going to have to be very, very careful to ensure that it only hits these criminal targets. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. So how can organizations better protect themselves against the ransomware pandemic? This was a question posed this week by our senior VP of editorial, Tom Field, to Brandon Wales, acting director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Just as a side note, you can watch the full interview at our upcoming virtual government cybersecurity summit on the 13th and 14th of July. I think like a lot of our challenges in cyberspace, there is there is shared responsibilities with things that we need to do here in the, in the government and governments around the world and things that we need the private sector and our state and local colleagues to do as well. So I'll start with them. I think ransomware, despite what we saw from this Kaseya incident, the, the tactics that ransomware operators use continue to be focused on exploiting the weak underbelly 
people who have not done the basics, who still have not patched well-known vulnerabilities that have been out there for months or in some cases years. And so shoring up our cybersecurity to make sure that we're doing the basics, make sure you're managing your patch as well, make sure that you're using multi-factor authentication where it's appropriate, make sure to train your teams and, and put in place protections against phishing and spear phishing, make sure to back up and test your backups so that if you do have an incident, you can get back up and running quickly. And if you're a bigger company, begin to move towards zero trust and other more secure architectures. That way, even if you are impacted, it's more isolated to smaller parts of your network. From the federal government's perspective, one, you know, we're trying to do things to enable that, provide better best practices, lay out the cyber essentials that every company and business should be implementing and help support and enable them to, to do that. And more broadly, the federal government's job in our law enforcement community and Department of Treasury and elsewhere, it's what can we do? What levers can we pull to disrupt this business model? Because what the ransomware operators have seen is this is a successful business model. Over the last several years, they have made millions, if not billions of dollars um, off of American and, and, and international businesses who have been willing to pay uh, to get their systems unlocked. And as long as that business model remains viable, this is going to continue to be a challenge. And so we're looking at what else can we do to uh, disrupt those actors, take them off the table, and make sure that they're not able to, to perpetuate the, their criminal enterprises. So that's a tall order. This, none of this is easy, but it's the work that we now need to do. And finally, delving further into breaking up the ransomware business, Michael Daniel, president and CEO of the Cyber Threat Alliance, also spoke with Tom Field this week about our ransomware defense and response model and what needs to change so that we can truly be disruptive. It's really about doing two things. One is about expanding the tools that are used and expanding the or, or increasing the cadence with which we are using those tools, right? So that things like the Emotet takedown that happened earlier this year, like that needs to be happening on almost a weekly basis if we're going to have the kind of impact that we want to, uh, to have, right? And we need to be bringing all the different diplomatic, economic, law enforcement, intelligence, cybersecurity tools to the, to the field, right? And employing them in different combinations to impose those costs on the adversaries. And yes, absolutely the gold standard will remain putting handcuffs on criminals and bring, you know, pro arresting and prosecuting them. But in many cases, we know that's not going to be achievable. So we'll ne we need to focus on the second best or third best alternatives to reduce their profits and throw sand in their gears and make, make the whole enterprise much less profitable. That's it from the ISMG Security Report. The music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time. Music